I'm really, really excited to uh, wrap up our message on uh, bringing Jesus to the workplace with us. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have, and I hope it has inspired you or at least envisioned you to recognize that everywhere we go and whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God, and what you do is sacred. And so we're trying to obliterate the distinctions between what I do on stage on Sunday or what Pastor Dick does going on the mission field, that somehow there's a hierarchy of holiness or of importance. How many of you know what you do, if you do it for the glory of God, is holy and it's anointed and God's wanting to use you. I'm looking over at Eric Mercier there, a family-owned business, electrical business. How many of you know when he goes out on Monday morning and serves and ministers and does what he does in the marketplace, number one, is holy unto the Lord. And the same Holy Spirit that fills me on Sunday morning fills him on Monday morning as he goes out and engages in the marketplace. That's a good, good news, isn't it? Same Holy Spirit. And in fact, the places God's sending you are places that perhaps I will never go or our ministry team or pastoral team will never go, but we don't have to go because you're there. That's why God created you. And so we really want you to begin seeing your home as a center of ministry, your table and your kitchen as a pulpit to share the gospel, the workplace as holy, take your shoes off, not literally, but in your heart, take your shoes off when you step there, realize the people God surrounded you with are divine appointments that are, are waiting to be encountered by Jesus, and the same Holy Spirit that empowered the disciples and, and the, the apostles in the marketplace is the same Holy Spirit who wants to do signs and wonders and miracles through your life when you go off to work. This is kind of exciting, isn't it? And you thought, you thought you just got to go to church on Sunday morning. No, it's so much more exciting than that. You get to be the church 24-7, 365. Now, this should whet our appetite, shouldn't it? Should whet our appetite because how many of you know none of us are experiencing the fullness of what Jesus wants to do through us? So take a look here. I'm going to share a couple of verses on the screen with you that have to do with difference in gifting, but I want you to think of gifting in terms of the marketplace. Now, on Sunday, you see a certain amount of gifts on the stage. They tend to be, they be all clustered. You see musicians, you see vocalists, you see worship leaders, you, you see sound people, AV people back there making it all happen. You have somebody that's preaching the word. Uh, you got greeters. You, you, get to see, you get to see a little sliver of the activity that happens throughout the week here. But can I just tell you, I have an insider's view. I see people showing up throughout the week. In fact, is Carrie Drake at this service? I don't know which service. Overflow room. Hello, everybody say hi, Carrie. He's in the overflow room. Hi, Carrie. Wow, we love you, buddy. All right. Carrie is coordinating with all kinds of people who have none of the gifts that are needed on Sunday morning on this stage. But can I tell you, they are needed throughout the week. Like electrician. Hey, love you, buddy. <laughs> Carrie's, I see you all throughout the week, man. People are fixing electrical stuff, fixing plumbing stuff. How many are grateful when the heater goes out on Saturday night? You actually have heat on Sunday morning because somebody's fixing it on Saturday night so that we can enjoy the warmth on Sunday morning. In other words, this place is full of incredible gifts, and only a fraction of them are seen on Sunday morning. But there's an army required to, to make all this happen. And I want you to see that. I want you to celebrate that because you're needed and the gifts God's placed in you are a vital part of what he wants to do in this place. So take a look with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. So this is important. What we're going to see today is that uh, when David Walton's up here singing, 
and busting out uh, the vocals and, and blessing us all. That's one gift mix. But guess what? When he's working on HVAC stuff, that's another gift mix that's equally anointed by the Holy Spirit and equally valuable to God. So many spiritual gifts, same spirit that's the source. Look at Romans 12. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, look at verse 5. So it is with Christ's body. That's us. In other words, we have many parts with special functions. And uh, it says we are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. That last sentence is really important because it reminds us why we've been gifted in the first place. We're not gifted to display our gifts for the glory of Ron. We're gifted to use our gifts in the service of each other. You with me? Quit laughing so hard, Michael. Michael. No, keep laughing hard because we're going to have fun this morning. All right. The point being, our, we belong to each other. So Michael's gifts are actually gifts that are for all of us to share and vice versa. You get the point. Look at the next one, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It is God who enables us along with you to stand firm in Christ. Here's two things that happen to every believer's life. I want you to see this. He has commissioned you and he has identified you with his own, as his own, by placing the Holy Spirit in your hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised to us. This is so good. So every believer has been commissioned by Christ, and every believer has been anointed by Christ. I want you to hear all of this, not just clergy types, not just platform preacher types or missionaries. If you are in Christ, you've been commissioned by the Lord and you've been anointed by the Lord. This is really important because we're going to see these two things as we get into Exodus uh, today, all right? A commissioning and an enablement. Now, let me just say this. Everything we do in our lives, including our work, we need the Holy Spirit to supersize it. You can do whatever you do in your own natural ability. Gary, you're, 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 you're skilled with your hands. You can build stuff. You're a craftsman with your hands. Amen? But the Holy Spirit can empower you to take your skill set to the next level in the natural by making it supernatural. This is really important. This is what gives us the edge. How I many you know the church has the edge? We're, we're overcomers in life. We're the head. We're not the tail. We're, we're victors. We're not losers. We're victors. We have an edge. His name is the Holy Spirit. He is concerned about every detail of your life, and he wants to magnify and manifest himself, not just in church in an altar setting, but at your workplace, especially when there are challenges and problems. Amen. How many of the Holy Spirit is an expert on everything? You and I, what do we do when we don't know what to do? YouTube. We Google it. We go on YouTube. We watch a YouTube video, Right? Come on, don't lie to me. I know it's exactly what you did. <laughs> my son, Joel, my son, Joel, when he was starting his business off, I said, Joel, how did you learn how to do that? YouTube. <laughs> he figured it out. Can I just tell you something? The Holy Spirit doesn't ever watch a YouTube how-to video. I just want you to hear this. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is an expert on everything? Whatever you do, at work, the Holy Spirit's smarter than you. 
Whatever skill set you have, whatever training you have, he's better. I mean, I want you to let this sink in. Well, you know, it's like when Peter's in the boat with Jesus, and Jesus says, hey, throw it out on the net out on the other side, and Peter's going, Jesus, stay in your lane, dude. You never fished a day in your life. And Jesus is like, are you kidding me? I invented fish. Like, who do you think you are, Peter? Do you know who you're operating with? Jesus knows everything about everything. He is the source of all wisdom and knowledge. This is why we worship him. But it's also why, listen, what would happen if we invited the Holy Spirit to supersize what we do out there? You would have an edge. How many of you know none of us in this room knows the future? How many of you know we're in an economically volatile uh, economy? Like, what's going to happen? I don't know. Neither do you. But God's already been there. And people that seek the Lord. Hey, how did Joseph know there was a famine coming? God showed him. What did he do? He acted upon that knowledge. What happened? He saved the nation. Do you believe God's wanting to raise up some Josephs today? And I'm just telling you, if, if you are saved, you've been commissioned, you've been anointed, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and he wants to literally take your game to the next level in 2023. That's the message for this morning. Now, turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 31. And we're going to start reading right there in verse 1. We shared when we taught earlier on the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit's activity in the Old Testament was primarily focused on three different callings. If you were a prophet, if you were a priest, or you were a king, the Holy Spirit would come upon you and anoint you for your assignment. How many know kings needed wisdom and they needed help? So the Holy Spirit anointed kings. How many know prophets only spoke under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? How many know priests are standing between God and representing the people? And to carry out their business, they had to be anointed and consecrated and set apart for what they did. But there's an amazing passage here in Exodus chapter 31 that says this. Not only did the Holy Spirit anoint prophets and priests and kings primarily, but he specifically anointed and set apart marketplace leaders and anointed them with special gifts and abilities. Now take a look with me in verse 1. It says, the Lord said to Moses, look, or behold, and I want you to see a series of I haves that are in this passage. When God says I have, that means God's taking the initiative. It's God at work in the marketplace. Look, I have specifically chosen. Everybody say specifically chosen. I mean, you know, that, that is a, a very narrow, defined act of God. He specifically is choosing a certain individual. In fact, in this situation, it's Bethel. Notice it's not just, that's just the name. It's very specific. He's the son of Uri. He's the grandson of Hur. He's from the tribe of Judah. God's narrowing down. This man has been specifically chosen. And look what he does in verse 3. Here's another, I have. God says, I have filled him with the Spirit of God giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. Now, I want you to see what happens after God says, I have. Here's what happens in us. God says, he now is. When God fills you with the Spirit, it changes your entire identity of who you are. And so look at what God says. Now that he's been anointed with the Holy Spirit, he is a master craftsman. 
expert in working with gold and silver and bronze. Look at verse 5. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and carving wood. He is, there's another one, a master at every craft. Now listen, if God calls you and anoints you and sets you apart for something and gives you a skill set and he anoints that skill set, you become somebody different. You get supersized. Your identity changes and your ability enhances. Now look at what happens next in verse 6. We have three more I haves just in verse 6. I have personally appointed Oheliab, son of Ahismach, the tribe of Dan. There again, notice the specificity. Moreover, I have given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen. So not just these two, but all the gifted craftsmen so that they can make all the things I have commanded you to make. Now this is exciting. Let's take a look at these two guys. First of all, Bethsaida's name means in the shadow of God. What a cool name. In the shadow of God. The first man God chooses is a man who lives in his shadow. How many know if, you, if you're familiar with the Psalms, your mind goes right back to Psalm 91, verse 1. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So how many of you know if you want to be anointed and used by the Holy Spirit in the marketplace, you need to live in the shadow of the Most High? You need to be somebody who's living under the blessing and the protection and the favor of God. Anybody want to live there? I want to live there. Let's take a look at the second name. Aholiab means father's tent or the tent of my father. What an awesome name. This is a picture of a person who loves to hang out in God's house, to hang out in God's tent, to experience intimacy with God. So how many of you know the, the foundation for your anointing in the marketplace is whose tent you hang out in, in and under whose shadow you're abiding? I wish this worked by just laying on of hands or it was like, you know, magic pixie dust. But how many of you know we do have a part to play? It's called abiding with Christ. You have to walk with God. You don't have to be perfect, but you have to be in process. You have to realize you, he, you work fundamentally for him, and if you're going to get wisdom and anointing and all that you need to supersize your work in the marketplace, you need to spend time under the shadow of the Most High God. Those two names reveal two things that are part of our inheritance. Number one, protection, and number two, the presence of God or intimacy with God, all right? Notice uh, Bethsaida was specifically chosen, and notice Aholiab was personally appointed by God. And I want you to think for a moment, when you think about what went involved or what was involved in the building of the temple or even the tabernacle, I want you to listen to this astounding list of the variety of occupations that it took to, to simply create a place to worship God. And apply it to what, what you're seeing right now, okay, here at Living Stones as we're building a new place where we're going to worship God. Lumbermen, carpenters, spinners, dyers, weavers, embroiderers, seamstresses, foundry workers, metallurgists, goldsmiths, engravers, jewelers, tanners, perfumers, quarry workers, and stonemasons. And then you had direct logistical support supplied by tool makers, keepers of the animals, seafarers, laborers. And after you had all that come together, then you had uh, the actual worshipers. You had priests, attendants, musicians, singers, instrument, instrument makers, and psalmists. Now, all of that is just a little microcosm of everything that went into simply con the construction of the temple where God was worshiped. 
Can you imagine all the different gift sets that were required just to make that happen? Now, I've been watching uh, the heavy equipment operators. We got some of you guys out here today that get on those gigantic pieces of equipment. And I've watched those guys pick up stuff with those buckets with such precision and grade things with such precision and I'm just watching them go back and forth and back and forth and then be perfectly online and I just sit there going, how in the world does something so big, how do you control it with such precision? Because guess what? They're skilled at it. I've watched people around this building uh, fixing electrical, running electrical wire. I've seen plumbing. In fact, just recently, we had our plumbing out there destroyed, and Carrie put signs up on all the doors saying, hey, you guys can't use the water, you can't use the bathroom, no toilets, no sinks, no, no water fountains. I mean, it was terrible. So what do we do? We ran across the street, and we used Lauren and Aaron's house, and we, <laughs> we, went, we went in their bathroom and just trashed their place all day long. It was, It was great. I got to get paybacks for all these kids I've had to raise in my house, all right? No, I'm kidding. But how many of you know, at moments like that, you thank God for plumbers. You thank God for people that make water run in your house. And uh, and what an incredible gift that is and skill set that is. But you see, there's this whole variety of occupations. And what blesses my heart is when a man is using or a woman is using the gifts that God's placed within him or her, uh, there's an incredible sense of joy and satisfaction. And, and here's what's good for me. You know, my, my dad uh, was raised by a perfectionist. His dad was a perfectionist. Now, how I many of you know perfectionists are not the greatest at transferring knowledge to you because they're perfectionists, and if you don't do it right the first time, you get hammered, and if you get hammered enough, you decide this isn't really fun. And so my father decided learning these things from his father was not very fun, so he played sports, which is not what his father did. His father didn't play sports. So he played sports. So I got the double anointing from my father, which means I'm worthless when it comes to doing anything that's significant but I can b- dribble a basketball, which is, which is really great. But, but I cannot slam dunk or make many shots, but I can dribble, and I've learned that that's a valuable inheritance that I receive, all right? <laughs> I also can't fix anything electric. I can't build anything. I can't even destroy things very well. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, I, you know, but I can watch football on Sunday afternoon and probably will. Then I look over at Jerry over there, and Jerry can fix something in his sleep. Hey, Jerry, do you know anything about garage doors? Yeah, I used to uh, fix garage doors. I was, in fact, I was a regional manor for, m- manager for 28 years in northwest Indiana. Oh, really? Wow. When stuff, gets broken, when stuff gets broken at my house, it's a sign and a wonder. I just go, wow, it's broken. Wow, it would be fun if it got fixed. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is, I am in awe of what's sitting out here before me because I can't relate to 99% of what you all do, but I'm grateful for you, and you're a valuable part of the body, and I want you to see that. You're a valuable part of what goes on in the local church and out there in the marketplace. Now, take a look with me about being empowered in the marketplace. I want you to see this. This It's important. The supernatural empowerment that comes by being filled with the Holy Spirit gave these guys three distinct uh, advantages. Number one, it gave them great wisdom. How many of you would like supernatural wisdom where you work? 
Like if you just said, Lord, can you show me a better way to do this? Or Lord, I don't understand this. Or, or Lord, what should I do in this tricky relational situation? How should I handle this? Lord, should we sign this contract or should we wait? Should we expand our business and hire somebody to take over this particular branch or should we wait? Is this the right person to hire or is this the right person to hire? How many of you know the Holy Spirit has the right answer on all those questions? So if you're anointed and you're commissioned and you're yielded and you ask, you can have the wisdom of heaven on your side. Isn't that cool? How many of you have ever lost something at your house and after, you know, you kicked the dog and frustrated and yelled at your wife or, you know, or the shame kicked in? I'm such an idiot. I'm such an idiot. Well, I can't find I'm such an idiot. No, just chill. Why don't you ask the Holy Spirit? Where you put the channel changer? You, you know, you don't have to kill people in your house over something like that. Just, you know, just, Lord, you know. Or how many of you have cursed the kids? Ah, if kids would just put those keys back. Then you put the coat on you haven't worn in three weeks. And Lord, bless my children. Forgive me. <laughs> Forgive me for cursing all my children. In fact, Ronnie, this morning I found the keys that you thought you lost. They were actually in my winter coat. And I said, bless my son, Lord, bless my son. <laughs> so God will give us wisdom even about the most practical little things because God cares about every detail of our lives. It said he gave him great ability. That means the ability to get stuff done. And how about this? Great expertise so that there's, you're going to be the person that knows how to fix the situation better than anybody else. You're going to be an expert at it. He anointed them to do three things. Check this out. Engraving, mounting gemstones, and carving wood. Now, can I just ask you a question? How many of you think God would be too busy to worry about helping you mount gemstones? But he's not. God cares about having skill to carve, to mount gem. All this stuff was going into the building of the temple. Now, I got to tell you another funny story. I went to India one year, and we had a day off, and somebody had this great idea to see if we could get on an airplane and fly to the Taj Mahal, one of the seven wonders of the world. It was worth every bit of it. What, what a work of art. There were families who spent their entire lives making one small panel and carving petals and flowers out of gemstones and putting it into that panel. They spent their whole life just doing one little panel, and you walk into this place, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I was in awe. Now, how many of you know Solomon's temple made that look like a doghouse? And God cared about all the precision of what was done, so much so that he sent the Holy Spirit on these people to help them become incredible artists at gemstones and carving and all these things. So here's my, here's my point. What is it that you do that is somehow too insignificant for God to bless or to give you supernatural ability to get the job done? The answer is nothing. He wants to do it all. He cares about everything that's done for him. Take a look at verse 30 of chapter 35 real quickly here. Then Moses told the people of Israel, the Lord has specifically chosen Bethsael, son of Urah. There we go again. Verse 31, the Lord has filled him with the Spirit, giving him wisdom, ability, expertise, and all kinds of crafts. Verse 32, he's a master craftsman, expert in working with gold and silver and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and carving wood. Look at that next sentence. He is a master at every craft. What a statement to be made over a man. A master at every craft. And the Lord has given both him and Aholiab, son of Hishmach, 
of the tribe of Dan the ability to teach their skills to others. This is important. I just share with you about my, my dad's dad. Brilliant, could fix anything, but he did not have the patience or the skill set to teach somebody else. How many of you know the Holy Spirit wants to give you not only excellence in what you do, but the ability to impart it to other people? Yes. Multiply it. Now, can I just say this too? In the kingdom of God, I believe God's wanting to raise up all kinds of incredible master craftsmen, successful businessmen and women to be a blessing and to cross-pollinate and to raise up others and to teach the next generation what they do and teach them to do it well. Anybody got a vision for that with me? I believe this is a microcosm, again, of the king and the kingdom and the blessing of God and the favor of God that he wants to see happening in the marketplace as we learn to share what he's taught us. Look at what it says in verse 35. The Lord has given them special skills as engravers and designers and embroiderers and blue and purple and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and designers. Uh, chapter 36, verse 1, the Lord has gifted these guys and other craftsmen with wisdom and ability to perform any task in the sanctuary. Let them construct and furnish the tabernacle just as it has been commanded, as the Lord commanded. Now, I want to pepper you with some faith here and some vision. Take a look at, uh, at 36, verse 2. Moses summoned these guys and all the others who were specially gifted by the Lord. And look at the next point. And were what? When I talk to uh, our builder who's building churches all across America, he tells me the same thing. The businesses uh, that are eager to work have plenty of work. The problem in, our, in the marketplace today is we don't find people that want to work. And can I just tell you something? Why would the Holy Spirit come on you to supersize the gifts God's placed in you if you have no desire to do anything with it? In other words, here's, here's what I'm trying to cure a lot of you. Your job is not a curse. It's a test. I hate this job. I, just wish, I, could be doing, I wish I could be doing something else. I hate this job. You're failing the test. You're not working for your job. You're not working for your boss. You're working for the Lord. Your attitude matters. Being eager to work matters because if you'll be eager to work, the Holy Spirit will be eager to bless. If you'll be eager to work, the Holy Spirit will be eager to supersize you and give you wisdom and do things that you never dreamed were possible. And how many know the goal of all this is that you're leading? When you use what God's given you, he blesses you. And remember, he gave, he gave in the parable of the miners, he gave the guy 10 cities to oversee. Can I just share with you what my vision is for our church? That all of you would be significant leaders in the marketplace. Amen. That you'd be owning your own businesses. That you'd be hiring people. That you'd be key players on, on leadership teams uh, in businesses all across the region. That you'd be experts in your field. That you would be incredibly profitable in what you do because the favor of God's on your life. That you're impacting people everywhere you go with the gospel. And that you have many, many sons and daughters who are grateful that you actually work there because they know Jesus now because of the difference that, that uh, has been made in their lives because of you. That's my vision for all you guys, that you're so blessed you don't know what to do with it. I could help you with some ideas, but I just want to tell you that you're blessed. How many of you want to be eager to work? Use what God's given you for the glory of God, eager to work. I'm speaking to students. What good is it 
if you're not eager to do your homework and to make good grades, if God's just trying to prepare you and test your heart out for how, how, how that's going to transfer over into the marketplace when you have to show up and do things that you don't like to do at work. Parents, don't elbow any of your kids in the ribs right now. <laughs> but I mean, no, eagerness has to do with your character and a heart attitude. And if you'll be eager, God will bless you. Look at what it says next. I'm going to wrap it up. Moses gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. What good is it with gifts and eager hearts if you got nothing to work with? You got to have something to work with. Now, let me, let me just bring it home. Pastor Ron gave them materials donated by the living stoners as sacred offerings for the completion of the new sanctuary. But the people continued to bring additional gifts every day, every morning. Finally, the craftsmen were ticked off. They were trying to work on the sanctuary. They had to leave their job, and they came into Pastor Ron's office, and they said, Pastor Ron, these living stoners have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. So Pastor Ron got up in church the next Sunday, and this was the message he sent throughout the camp. Hey, stoners. Don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing all the sacred offerings because their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. Woo! Now let me just clarify. I was prophesying. But I want to say that someday before we're done. Can you agree with me? Because, again, the only way that will ever happen is if God's going to put a crazy marketplace anointing on you and bless the socks off of you guys. That's the only way it's going to happen. But that would be cool. I'm, I'm like, God, I'm a volunteer for that. You can bless my socks off so that I can be a part of seeing that happen. What about you? So that was prophecy. But I do believe in the power of examples that we can latch our faith on and so here's what I want to do as we wrap this up right now, all right? If you are a business owner to start with, you own your own work, all right? You, you own your own business, and you would like to be um, specially appointed, according to this passage, and ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon you to give you wisdom and ability and expertise to take your game in the marketplace to a whole other level, I want you just to come up front here and join us. Now, we're, that's the first wave. We've got multiple waves coming. Because we want, we want to pray for your business. Amen. This is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Look at all these entrepreneurs God's blessed us with. Incredible. <laughs> this is awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Second wave, if you... Work on a team. Uh, you might not be the owner of your business, but you're a valuable part of the team at work. Uh, I want you to come on up. Maybe you're a manager of a certain area. You're a vice president of whatever. You, you, you know, I don't know. You're a nurse. You're an educator. You're a teacher. Uh, whatever, your, whatever your role is, all right? Come on down. Yeah. I hope so. How exciting. I look, I know what some of y'all do. I get excited that God's getting ready to bless the whole marketplace just through you guys. Can he, can he fly off the socks right now? 
<laughs> what? Bless the socks off. Take my socks off. All right, chill. If you're a frontline worker, which means you're just get, getting up, showing up for work, and doing what you're supposed to do, come on down. There's no, uh, no job insignificant, all right? If you're looking for a job, come on down. We want to pray for you. <laughs> I'm serious. If you simply, hey, here's what I'm asking. If you're going to get up and go to work tomorrow, and you'd like to go being commissioned and have the anointing of God on your life, for favor and for wisdom and for master craftsmanship at what you do. That's who I want to pray for right now. So I'm giving you one more chance. If I didn't, yeah. if I didn't quite say what you are, but you want to get in on this, come on down because we're just going to pray, all right? So whoever else. Amen. If you're a public office holder, come on down. If you're in education, come on down. And... If you are a homemaker and you're raising a generation of warriors, you get down there because you need the anointing of God as well. Amen. Come on, we got some babies in tow. That's awesome. Amen. Now let's pray together. I, I, uh, I shared first service. I was, my intention was to uh, lay hands on you and anoint you with oil, but I need a, I need a garden hose. I wish I had a garden hose. Of, of oil, I would just spray you all, wet you all down. So imagine in the Holy Spirit, I'm doing that. But let's do business with the Lord. How many of you know this is exciting? What I just read for you is from the Old Old Testament, right? Exodus, the temple. How many of you know we're New Testament believers? The Holy Spirit's been poured out on all of us. There are no hierarchies again. All of us get what they got and more. We have a better covenant. Are you with me? So this is not a, um, a ceremony. I want you to go after the Holy Spirit right now. So just shut your eyes. And, and if you want to lift your hands as a sign of faith or surrender, and just you're presenting yourself before the Lord right now. And I want you to reach out in faith and believe that God's doing something in you because he wants to do something through you. And I want you to expect the favor of God, fruitfulness, impact, wisdom, expertise, that that's something God's releasing over you right now. So, Father, I thank you for these beautiful people. Lord, you specifically called each one. And, Lord, I just stand in the gap and pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done in each of these businesses where they lead, where they serve. Lord, we're asking for a blessing. We're asking for breakthrough. We're asking for supernatural wisdom. I'm asking for a divine alignment of gifting, Lord. I'm praying that you touch the workplace and the relationships there. Lord, let your kingdom be manifest. I'm praying for salvation, for healing, for miracles to break out in the marketplace, for kingdom impact. Lord, for people that are showing up early, eager to work, honoring you. Lord, I thank you for promotion this year. Some of you have been faithful to God. The Lord says, you know, promotion is coming. Go after the presence of the Lord. Go after God's blessing. Go after intimacy with the Lord. So, Father, I just release wisdom right now. Wherever you're at, just thank God. Thank you, Lord, for wisdom to know how to lead. Just thank him personally for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Now, whatever skill set you're in, you keep books, you, you care for patients, you, you fix things, whatever it is that you do, you teach students. Lord, I just pray for a spirit of excellence to be imparted to each leader up here. Father, release that, ma that master uh, craftsman anointing over our church family. Lord, I thank you for business owners. Prosper them in 2023. Lord, I thank you for the network that exists under this covering at Living Stones. Lord, bring people together. Those divine appointments that God is going to be bringing into your life. Look for those divine appointments. Start your day off at the feet of Jesus. Ask him to bless you. Ask him to bring people across your path that you can be a blessing to. And how about this? Can you join me as we close? Lord, we would ask that just as a testimony of these precious people in Exodus, as they gave and gave and gave and you blessed and blessed and blessed, Lord, you provided everything they needed to get the job done. Lord, we wrap our hearts together that you would bless us in such a way, God, that everything that we need to complete this project, you would provide in advance. Lord, that this could be debt-free for the glory of God. Lord, I'm praying right now for people watching online as you're at home or you're traveling. I just want you to reach out in faith. We're commissioning you today to touch the marketplace where God's called you. So we pray blessing on all of our folks that are watching online. I pray for everybody in the overflow room right now. Lord, bless our church family in the overflow. Lord, pour out your grace and glory on their lives. Now, let's just surrender ourselves afresh and anew. We're only a couple weeks away from the, the new year. Lord, take us, work through us, bless us, prosper us, Lord. Anoint us for the unique call that's on our lives, and we'll give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. Come on, let's give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.